Hello, this is William Fink, and this is Christoginia Saturdays. This program is being pre-recorded for July 18th, 2015. It is really Tuesday afternoon. This is probably the first time I've done this at Christoginia. It's necessary because today we have Keith from Truth Militia with us, and he could not make it on a Saturday evening, which is fine. That's why we have technology. I admittedly do not know much about the history of Truth Militia or about Truth Militia when it functioned on, on the Internet as a group, which for a time what was a group of affiliated white nationalists who had some success getting a pro-white message across on the Internet. From what I can remember, back when I had done a couple of programs with John Friend, who at the time was working with Truth Militia Radio, it had exposed our work at Christogenia to a different audience, one which could be considered white nationalist, but which was hostile to Christianity of any sort. Some of the Truth Militia, militia tru- crew and listeners naturally reacted in a manner which was quite hostile to us. I vaguely remember a few interactions, but nothing of any serious consequence. Sometime later, I received a call from Keith of Truth Militia, whom, if I am not mistaken, was the group's founding member, and we have since become good friends. Today, Keith is here with us to discuss his own journey into the world of white nationalism and how he has now come to understand Christian identity. Hello, Keith. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Wonderful. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me today. I really do appreciate it. And I guess um, I guess I'll just go into um, <clears throat> how I came about where I am at today, uh, very briefly. Um, you know, I might have some dates and, and things incorrect, but they'll be close anyway. Uh, I don't have that good of a short-term memory. It seems to be going on me nowadays, but I'll do my best. Uh, basically, I was just like most. Americans or, or, or most white people out there in the world, I thought everybody was the same. I knew there was some corruption in the world. I knew that the government was, you know, corrupt, but I believe that there were some good guys in there. Now I don't. I believe that they're all corrupt. Um, and uh, so back in about 2009, um, I had uh, my auto detailing business. Um, out in California here, um, business turned bad because the economy went bad in 2008. So about 2009, late 2008, I started looking around to try and figure out why this keeps on happening, why the economy is good for 15 years and all of a sudden it crashes, why it's good for 25 years, all of a sudden it crashes down. So I came across a gentleman as most of you know or all of you know named Alex Jones and he was my first introduction to I guess the so-called New World Order or whatever you want to call it you know they call it the New World New World Order or the globalist and that was in 2009 Uh, 2009 2010 I'm gonna make this very brief I'm gonna I'm not gonna drag on this introduction but I'll just make it brief here 2009 2010 
Uh, I started, you know, again, into Alex Jones. I branched off into David Icke and all the rest of these clowns out there. I can go down a, a list of ten different people. And I knew something was wrong because they kept on talking in vague terms such as globalist and Bohemian Grove members and uh, the elite, whatever anything this but means. Jews. <laughs> yeah, and anything but Jews, right? Uh, every, you know, Eskimos. I even think one of them said once, <laughs> you know, anything but the Jews. So then, uh, moving forward, about um, 2000 and late 2011. A friend of mine who I met on the internet through Facebook uh, told me to look at, he sent me a um, a movie, uh, One Third of the Holocaust, which is about a four, four and a half hour film on Treblinka. And um, he sent me that film and he told me to take a look at this. Because I kept on asking him, you know, well, you know, who's who are the globalists? Who's behind this? What group of people is doing this? So anyway, he sent me that film on Treblinka, one third of the Holocaust, and it smacked me in the face like a ton of bricks. Uh, started researching Adolf Hitler after that, realized that he wasn't the evil demonic uh, human being that the Jews portrayed him out to be. Uh, all throughout history and, you know, what you're taught in school. And um, and that was where I stood at that point. Uh, I knew I needed to, to do something at that point. I knew I needed to make up a website, a blog. I needed to do something because I couldn't let this go on. Uh, I couldn't let it go on because it flipped my world upside down. Basically, everything that I thought I knew and that I was taught turned out to be a lie. Well, well, right. The entire media publishing industry creates, and, and the movies, and, and they're all controlled by a certain few elite Jews, and, and they create a giant smokescreen which covers up the true facts of history, and once somebody penetrates the smokescreen and sees the truth, or starts to see the truth, it it... it infects them it, it becomes infectious you, you actually get angry many people do and react angrily and feel that they have to do something right away in order to pull back the smoke screen for everybody else oh yeah bill i was angry all right i'm still angry although <laughs> now i'm a little bit less emotional about it uh but i was extremely angry at the time and um so, like I said, I had to do something. So I said, well, let me think of a, a domain name. And I came up with Truth Militia. It, it just hit me one day. I wrote down a bunch of names, and that one just showed up. I figured Militia was good because it signifies war. To me, it does anyway. And uh, Truth, because that's what we're in. We're in a war for the truth here. Um, so I came up with Truth Militia. Um, I formed that. I called up my cousin, um, who I also found out at the time was awake to the Jewish problem and he was also awake to the racial issue which I was which I was not awake to at the time when I started Truth Militia um, called him up his name was Rich still is Rich and uh, he, he was he is my cousin and we decided to uh, get this thing started and kick it off with a radio show uh, that took place every Sunday night it ran for about a year every Sunday night, and it ranged from about two hours to five hours every Sunday. 
Um, so that was the incarnation of truthmilitia.com, the first incarnation of it. Uh, we had, a, at one point, we had, and I'm not bragging here, I'm just telling people what we had and what we're able to accomplish in a year. So if anybody's thinking about starting up a website, you can really make some grounds into this. Uh, at the end there, we had 7,000 comments on the website, and we posted 1,013 articles on the website. Uh, every week, we had a couple thousand listeners of the radio show, every week. And, and that's not inflating numbers, that's, that's the God's honest truth right there. Uh, and that was just in a year's time, guys. So if you're thinking about starting up a website, start one up, because people will come to it if it's good and if it's... And if people like what you do. Uh, so as Truth Militia went on, uh, like I said, let me backtrack just a second, Bill. Before I uh, started Truth Militia, or as I was starting it, I was awake to the Jewish problem, but was not awake to the racial issues we have in this country. Um, so as we're going along, I actually woke up to the racial issue as I was doing the radio shows. And as I continued my study into the Jewish problem and everything else that's going on here. Uh, skipping fast forward a little bit, uh, and that ran from 2012 to 2013, uh, the Truth Militia radio show ran. Archives are still available on the Internet, although the language that I used at the time is pretty harsh. A lot of F words and things like that, um, because that's how I talked I have since changed my, I tried to change my language a little bit, uh, but the radio show was done just, it was like if me and Richie were sitting in the bar conversing across the table, that's how we would talk. So that's how the radio show was. So that turned off some people. But I think the information is good. It got a lot of people heated and fired up, which is the what we set out to do. So we accomplished the goal of what we set out to do. Fast forward, May 2013, or right around there, or maybe it was end of 2012. I can't remember exactly, but Bill was on John Friend's program. And Bill and John Friend were discussing the migrations of Israel. And um, at the time, I was very against Christianity. Uh, and um, I decided to call into the show... And I got a little angry before I called in, and I started yelling at Bill and berating him on air. Uh, <laughs> and uh, ended up, John ended up hanging up the, the, the phone on me, and they continued with their program. Well, I sat there boiling and stewing on my couch with the phone in my hand. And uh, so I said, you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to go ahead... And I'm going to dedicate the next year of my life to proving Bill Fink wrong. So I set out to prove Bill Fink wrong and prove all of Christian identity wrong. And um, I started that study in May of 2013. Uh, as we were coming towards the end of the Truth Melissa radio shows, which lasted to July of 2013. So from May 2013 to about December 2013 or January 2014, I did nothing but study Christian identity. I spent six, seven days a week, Jesus, uh, eight hours a day, 
and I had the time because I had my own business. Um, so I had a lot of time on my hands. I had other people running it and things like this. Uh, so I could spend the time, and I actually, during that time period, I read the entire Bible. Uh, I studied not all of Bill's work, because there's a tremendous amount there, as everybody knows, but a, a portion of his work I studied. I went to Clifton Emmenheiser's site. I read some of his stuff. Um, I listened to another gentleman, uh, 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 James Wickstrom, I listened to his stuff. And uh, I read a couple books. I read the book, Who is Esau Edom, uh, by uh, Weissman Guy. And I read a book called Do All Races, I think the title of the book was Do All Races Share in Salvation by a guy named Dan Gaiman. Um, I read that book. And like I said, I read the Bible. And, um,. I came to the conclusion that uh, the Christian identity doctrine is the absolute truth and that the biggest lie of all time, all time, is that Jesus was a Jew. And that's where I stood at that point. At that point... I felt like I needed to contact Bill. And I believe I sent him, I asked Mike Delaney for Bill's uh, Skype address. I Skyped Bill one day, and I called him up and apologized to him, introduced himself to me. And he vaguely recalled the, the exchange we had on the John Friend Truth Militia program. And I apologized to him. I told him the journey that I went through to try to prove him wrong because I wanted to make him look like an ass on the internet <laughs> uh, for everybody to see. And uh, I apologized to him. I think we talked that day for almost two hours on Skype. And ever since then, I talked to Bill every month or every couple months or so. And uh, I consider him a friend of mine. And um, like I said, Christian identity is the absolute God's honest truth. There's no other. There's no doubt about it. Once you look into it, Bill. Well, well right. I, I wish white nationalists would actually stop and study what I've written. Read the, the citations and the papers at Christagenia and and go try them out. Uh, I mean, the classics that I cite. They're all available online. You don't have to go buy a thousand books. You could go right to the um, the Perseus Project or, or any one of a dozen websites that are universities and and see Strabo and and Diodorus Siculus and Herodotus and see all the quotations I have that support all of my contentions. Uh, yeah, and not only you know, and just for some people who are listening who think, oh well. Keith just went and looked at Bill's stuff and, and Wickstrom's stuff and, and uh, th this guy's stuff. Well, no, I, not just them. I looked at Bertrand Comparey's stuff. I looked at a gentleman named Willie Martin. I looked at his stuff. I looked at all four guys. It's now been two years, okay? It's been over two years. It, it's been two years and uh, three months or so since I started this journey in the Christian identity. I've looked at a ton of sources, a ton of people. And uh, so it's not just Bill's stuff. So if anybody out there is saying, oh, he just looked at Bill's stuff, 
you know, and, and they make some excuse up. Uh, no, I looked at a lot of stuff and in depth, like I said, eight hours a day, six, seven days a week. Um, and now that, that's all I really look at. Uh, once you're familiar with the Jewish problem that we have, uh, you know, and, and figure out that, uh, Jesus was not a Jew, and that that's the biggest lie ever told, that the people of the Old Testament are Jews, um, then you come to realize that you need to get in-depth on this study, and it just continues on from there, Bill. I can't stop looking into it. Every day I look at something, and now I only spend about a half hour, an hour a day looking at something. That, to me, is is the biggest... um element of cognitive dissonance among white nationalists is to understand or claim to understand the treacherous nature of the Jews, the way they infiltrate societies and, and corrupt and pervert and usurp them. And and yet when a Jew claims the um, Old Testament heritage as his own, they take it for granted and they believe it. In well, in, in 500 years, the Jews will be claiming to be the founders of, of American civilization, say. Or, or, or and in fact, they claim that now. They've already made those claims. And, and, and everybody knows that they're lying. So, so why aren't they lying about this Old Testament? Yeah, you know, you, you make a good point there. All the white nationalists believe and know that the Holocaust is a, you know, a hoax. They know that the Jews, Israel, pulled off 9-11. They know everything about everything. Okay, They know that everything that comes out of a Jew's mouth is a lie. As soon as he moves his lips, he's lying. Right. Uh, But when the Jew comes out and says, we're the people of the Old Testament, Jesus was a Jew, they fall for it hook, line, and sinker. Right. I don't get it. Well, you, you know what, Bill? It's because nobody will look into this. The Holocaust is easy to figure out, Bill. You watch a film for, you know, an hour and you got the damn thing figured out. Okay, you watch 9-11 Missing Links and you read a couple papers here and there and you've got 9-11 figured out. Uh, you know, but this, the, the Christian identity, doctrine, message, truth, whatever you want to say, takes time and it takes intense study. You can't learn it in a day. You can't grasp any of it in a day, let a week, a, a month. You can't do it. It doesn't work like that because you have to know who all the – well, not all of them. You have to know who a lot of the people are in the Bible. You have to understand geographic locations at that time. You have to understand how life was at that time during biblical times. And then you have to figure out, in my opinion, that what Genesis 3.15 is talking about. And this all takes time. Uh, it takes many, many months, if not years, to figure this stuff out. Uh, because it's, it's not available in any mainstream books. It's not available on any mainstream internet sites. It's not available in any of the thousands of uh, Christian church denominations. Okay, 
You're not going to find it anywhere unless you go into deep study and actually read these things. And one thing that people have a problem with, Bill, I believe, because I did, is when you read the Bible, let's say you try to pick up the Bible and try and read it, it's difficult to read and understand. Uh, not only was it written in, in Old English, you know, in quotes language, but a lot of it is parable, allegory, with some historical passages in there and things of this nature. So it takes time. And then you have to go back. You've got to get yourself a concordance. And you have to learn what the words meant in Hebrew, so forth and so on. And then you have to draw your conclusion. And that's the only way it can be done. You can't go to Wikipedia and read a six-paragraph entry on British Israelism. doesn't work that way, which no, is what all and, these guys try to do. And, and the objective of Wikipedia it is to ridicule British Israelism in the first place, because Wikipedia is a Jewish media source. It, it's this information on Wikipedia that's good, and, and some of it is actually pretty revealing if you know what you're looking for, but it's a Jewish media source. That the um, British Israel movement actually came, it, it developed from archaeological inquiry into the origins of, of the Anglo-Saxon people, and, and it was based on legitimate history, biblical knowledge, and research. They didn't have it all right. They just started to put the sketch together, but they had a great deal of it right. And that's because it's based on the works of men who actually read a lot of old books and put these old histories together with the archaeological discoveries which the British made as the empire expanded and, and as they started to put shovels in the ground in Nineveh and, and, and in the Levant, in Palestine. Right, right. It, you know, and, and and I believe that a lot of white nationalists won't look into Christian identity. They'll just say, oh, the Bible's a Jew book because Alex Linder told them it was. Uh, because if they come to the realization that they come from Adam and that they there is Yahweh God there, and there are laws that he set down for our people to follow, then they will have to follow those laws. Right. Or try to follow those laws. And following those laws in our society today is not any fun, and I put fun in quotes. Right. Okay. Well, well, right. <laughs> White nationalists should understand. Any any true, I tried to say this on, on a podcast um, back a couple of weeks ago, Anybody who truly cares about their fellow whites is going to recognize the value of Christian morality. That if you practice Christian morality, you are truly expressing a love for your fellow white man. Because you're not trying to take his wife to bed. You're not trying to um, doodle with his children. You're not trying to steal from him or put him under the yoke of, of usury. And all of these things are things which Christian morality espouses. Where the, this um, 
this what what's seen as pagan hedonism if we look at the nature of the Jew the Jew has always pandered to the immoral among us by selling us prostitution homosexuality and and all of these things in in pretty packages and in noble words like um Oh, oh, it's natural to do that. God made him that way. And, and all of these other propaganda lines that these serpents use in our society in order to subvert and, and corrupt it. That the corruption of modern times is the result of all this Jewish infiltration and propaganda disseminated through the Jewish media. The white nationalists should understand that. A lot of white nationalists do understand that. And then when you go back and you look at this book called the Bible, and how the Bible was an ancient bulwark against all of this Jewish immorality. Now, now the key to that lies in the true, the key to understanding that lies in the true identity of the Jews. But the bottom line is that if the Bible was a book expressing the spirit of the Jew, if the Bible was a book that was produced by Jews, it would reflect Jewish values, which historically, all through time, have been immoral. Jewish values have always, they've always, homosexuality, propaganda, women's lib, all of these things that have undermined our society are historical Jewish values and, and materialism and capitalism. That these things are all a part of the Jewish spirit, which the Bible is 100% against. Right. No. Yeah. L- let me touch on that a little bit further, Bill. You know. Uh, you know. White nationalists know about the Talmud, right? And they know about the Bible. And they say that the Bible is a Jewish book, um, and that Jews follow the Bible and they follow the Old Testament. Let me just read a quick uh, quote here. Uh, this is from um, the New York Herald Tribune, uh, November 17th, uh, 1959. And it was uh, stated by a rabbi box, boxer, uh, Judaism is not the religion of the Bible. Uh, he goes on to say here, The Talmud is to this day the circulating heart's blood of the Jewish religion. Whatever laws, customs, or ceremonies we Jews observe, whether we are orthodox, conservative, reform, or really spasmodic sentimentalist, we follow the Talmud. It is our common law. Okay, now if you compare the Talmud to the Bible, some things the Talmud approve of. One is sodomy. Okay, the Talmud approves of sodomy. It goes on to say, if one committed sodomy with a child of less than nine years, no guilt is incurred. The Bible prohibits sodomy. Okay, thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Um, you know, uh, you can say... Um, Bestiality is condoned by the Talmud. A woman having intercourse with a beast can marry a priest. The act is but a mere wound. The Bible condemns bestiality. 
You shall not lie with any beast, nor shall any woman stand before a beast to lie with it. Um, the woman know, and the beast should die. Right. You know, I can go on for forever here with these things. Uh, so, the Bible is not the Jews' book. Uh, they tell you it's their book because it's the biggest lie of all time. And as long as white people are believing that the Jews are are God's chosen people and that the Jews are the people of the Old Testament, our people will never get anywhere. The histories of, of the intertestamental period, that, that's the last book that people see in the, in the Old Testament is Malachi. And Malachi lived and wrote before 400 B.C. And the first book in the New Testament, it is traditionally Matthew, and, and wasn't written until perhaps 50 or 60 A.D., and, and was written about events which began perhaps about 2 or 3 B.C. So we have 400 years missing from the Bible. And those 400 years... There are things in the Bible that allude to them, and, and things that we find in John chapter 8, Luke chapter 11, um, Romans chapter 9, and, and also in the Old Testament in Ezekiel chapter 34, which indicate to us that something happened to the population of Judea in that 400 year period that's missing from the Bible. When you go to the histories of Flavius Josephus and, and book 13 of Antiquities of the Judeans, you could learn at length what happened during that 400-year period. You could see that the people in Jerusalem, who were the remnant of the kingdom of Judah, had, had gone out and conquered all these Edomites and Canaanites, forced them to convert to what could then be called Judaism, these Edomites and Canaanites became circumcised and became Judeans, or, or now we would say Jews, by name. But they were a different race than the original people of Judah, who were white. These Edomites and Canaanites were always considered, for, for 3,000 years in the Old Testament, they were considered an accursed people. They were cursed. Now, because it's politically expedient for the people in Jerusalem to convert them to Christianity. It, it was like Republicans in Washington wanting to convert these Mexican savages and, and these savages from the Sudan and Kenya into Americans. It's no different. They thought it was politically expedient about 130 B.C. to start converting these Edomites and Canaanites into Judah. And they did that. And Josephus explains all that. And the Edomites had eventually taken over the government. Just like we see this nigger in the White House today. And, and all these Jews sitting in the Supreme Court. It's no different. The same pattern took place in ancient Judah in the 2nd century B.C. And all of these traditional enemies of our race became, quote-unquote, Judah. They became Judeans. Today they're known as Jews. Christ and the apostles in the New Testament were 100% 
opposed to these people. Right, right. This is a pattern that we see from the beginning of time that constantly occurs. They constantly do this. The Jews constantly infiltrate and then they get into power and then they destroy the civilization that's there. This has been going on for for thousands of years from the beginning of time. And I don't understand why the white nationals out there can't see this, Bill. I just don't understand it. I am not, I'm a pretty bright guy, but I'm not a genius or a very smart, I didn't go to an Ivy League school, I don't, you know, I'm just a regular guy who took the time out to study this stuff because I want to know what was happening and what was going on. Um, They'll never understand the Jews, let me start here. The Jews' main goal is to destroy Christianity. Okay? To destroy the white man. Same thing. When you destroy Christianity, you destroy the white man. They're both the same thing, in my opinion. Okay? So, let me just read a quote here from the Jew Bernard Lazar. Okay, he says, the Jew is not merely, is not content merely to destroy Christianity, but he preaches the gospel of Judaism. He not only assails the Catholic or Protestant faith, but he incites to unbelief, and then imposes on those whose faith he has undermined his own conception of the world, of morality, and of life. He is engaged, he is engaged in the historic mission the annihilation of the religion of Christ. This is their main objective. Because once they destroy Christianity, or they've already destroyed true Christianity, okay, which a Christian identity is. Once they destroy the remaining remnant of Christianity, we have then the complete mixing of all the races, which does away with the white man, which does away with all future building of moral society. Okay, that is the mission of the Jew, and that, that's my opinion, and I believe it's fact. Well, well the Jew has even tried to destroy Christian identity. That there are people like Martin Lindstedt, who are Jews wow. by blood, who, who go out on the internet, make Christian identity look idiotic, and, 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 Right, right. You talk about Alex Linder. Alex Linder's never spoke to me. Alex Linder, he knows Christian identity by Martin Lindstedt. Anybody who knows Christian identity by a clown like Martin Lindstedt, who's only a Jewish subverter, is going to become hostile to it. And that too is the work of the Jew. Throwing Christ under the bus because the Jews have infiltrated and usurped ancient Judea and and lie about the Bible is the same as throwing Hitler under the bus because the Jews have controlled the, the media paradigm since 1945 and have lied about World War II. So, so if, if you can see through the smoke and recognize that Adolf Hitler was a good man fighting the Jew world order, you should be able to read John chapter 8 and realize that Jesus Christ was a good man trying to fight the Jew world order and at least get that far. 
Right. I mean, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but Hitler said or wrote that he's doing the work of the Almighty Creator. Uh, you know, th- th- these these white nationalists who believe that that Hitler was a pagan and things like that are completely off base, and they get all that stuff from National Geographic channel on TV, and they get it from that phony book Table Talk. Well, well right. And table Talk, ju- just like the Jews corrupted you know, the Christianity Jew- in its first centuries, the Jews have tried to reform what National Socialism was all about in, in, in a way that's, that, that, that's amenable to Jews right, through because, books like Table Talk. Right, because, Bill, if, if the Christian population finds out that Adolf Hitler had Christian beliefs, and believed in in, in Yahweh God and, and, and uh, everything else in the Bible, then the Jews would have a real problem on their hands. Because then Adolf Hitler is no longer a pagan, he is a Christian. So Christians might start looking more into Adolf Hitler, and then they discover the big lie of the Holocaust, and they discover the big lie of World War II, and it just snowballs from there. Um and this is why it's so important to for people out there to make up websites. Let's say you know a lot about Adolf Hitler, okay? And by, and by no means, I am no expert on anything, okay? I'm an expert on the businesses that I run. That's about it. Uh, but I'm no expert on history. I'm no expert on Adolf Hitler. But if there's a guy out there or a couple people out there who are experts on Adolf Hitler and things like this, start up a website. Put all these Christian quotes up there that Hitler wrote or said during his speeches and things like this and destroy this myth that Hitler was a pagan. Because as long as that myth is out there, the white population out there will never truly understand what the Jew is trying to do. You ask a white nationalist, why is the Jew trying to destroy the white race? Why? Why are they trying to do this? They really can't give you a good answer because they don't know why. There's no common thread. There's no common bond that any of these people have. And the Jew uses that to his advantage. Divide and conquer constantly. Okay? You've got so many different white nationalist sects out there. Just like you have so many Christianity sects out there. It's all divide and conquer. Because nobody will take time to look into the absolute truth, which is Christian identity. If these guys would and girls would take the time to sit there and read, and you gotta read. Okay, you, you can't watch videos, it doesn't work like that. You gotta sit down and read. I know it's hard to read, okay, but you have to read to figure all this out. And once our people come to the realization that Jesus was not a Jew and the people of the Old Testament were not Jews, we can get somewhere. But until then, Bill, I don't believe that we can have any progress. You can't win it politically. All these clowns out there who want to form these political parties and run for this office and run for that office, this is all nonsense. All of it is complete and utter nonsense. The only way that things have ever changed in the past is how. What has taken place? 
the Christians got together, not the pagans. The Christians got together and threw these Jewish bastards out of their country. Right. And that, then, of that's... course, they weasel their way back in through the king's greed and the queen's greed and the, and, the, and the clergy's greed. They always weasel their way back in. But it's the Christian people have thrown these people out of these countries. The pagan people sit back and uh, have sex with each other in their temples. Right. And do nothing. And, and that's another cognitive disconnect with with, right. with pagans. It, it's um it's very clear in in Spain, for instance, that the um when the Goths had converted to Christianity, the Jews suddenly became hostile to the Goths, and the Goths became hostile to the Jews, and and the result of that was the Moorish invasion. The Jews went to Africa and got these Muslims to invade Spain. And I could go back further than that because I could establish that it was actually Muhammad and and his Jewish influences that actually created what we know as Islam. Islam was created by Jews in Arabia. And, and um, if it weren't for the Jews, Islam would never have come into being. And... I believe that the Jews created Islam, I can't prove it, but I believe they created Islam in order to militantize the mixed race Arab peoples who were never going to be Christians because Christianity is not for them, and to use them as a force against the Byzantine Empire from which the Jews had virtually been excluded. So they invaded Spain when the Goths turned to Christianity. Okay. And and that was the immediate result of that, was the Moorish invasion of Spain. It happened well, within a hundred years. Mm-hmm. That the Jews, the Jews brought the Arabs to Spain. And, 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 um, France fell, but France almost fell to the Arabs as well. If it weren't for Charles Martel, we would all be flying carpets today. <laughs> right. And, and so, Charles you know, Martel was a Christian. The pagans and the Jews, historically, always got along. Paganism, Roman paganism, Greek paganism, Germanic paganism, never had a defense against the Jew a moral structure that would protect them from the Jew, or even a cognizance of the treachery of the Jews. It never had one. You won't find it in the Eddas. You won't find it in any of the other Germanic literature, such as the Voluspa, the Nibelungen Lied. I've read those things. They don't even agree with each other. You understand? The Nibelungen Lied, there are things in the Nibelungen Lied which is older than Snorri Zedas and which contradict the things in the Eddas. So, so this Germanic paganism isn't what these pagans think it is because they, a lot of them have never even read these writings. That the, um, the the pagans had never had a defense against the Jew. Only Christianity has has um, in any degree preserved Europeans at all from the treachery of the Jews. And and the, the 
these people hostile to Christianity have never actually studied any of its history or any of their Bible. If they would read the Bible, don't you? You don't have to believe it. Just read it and and detect the moral principles and the values in it, and then go read Mein Kampf and look at National Socialism and how it operated in Germany for 14 years, 13 years, and and see that National Socialist Germany was a Christian society. And in order to do that, you have to understand what Christianity truly is without the Jewish propaganda about what Christianity is, is supposed to be. Because this... Um, modern day hippie Jesus freak um, love everybody peacenik that's a Jewish portrayal that's what the Jews want you to believe that Jesus was right right and, and that's you know that's a powerful weapon they have Bill is when they tell our people these things when it's not true because our people don't read the Bible Okay, right. they, they all go to, uh, you know, to, to take the regular Christian out there. He goes to church and listens to what some idiot says up in front of a lectern every Sunday, and they take everything out of context, and they say Jesus loves everybody, Jesus came for everybody. That's a load of crap. Well, uh, well, because the, none of them go back and read the book. The idiot has a IRS 501c3 tax <laughs> exemption that he wants to keep that some Jew in an IRS office somewhere had granted him. And if he toes the political line of the Jew world order, he'll be a good idiot and he'll be rewarded for it. That these mainstream pastors sold us out a hundred years ago. Right. I, I was I, I read a um a portion of a, a history book that was um written in um I think it was the early nineteen hundreds. Uh, it was I think it was called The History of England and I think it was written by a guy whose last name was Cheney or something like that. Anyway, I think it was called like a short history of England and I found it online in archive.org or something like that. And I didn't know this but back in uh in England at one point, uh they had um all the Jews had to wear special clothing or a yellow badge on their clothes uh, in order to signify that they were a Jew. And the only reason why they were allowed in England was because of this, the uh, greedy king right. uh, at the time. And I had no idea about that. Um, you know, they were actually marked. They had to wear the so-called, what's that book, The Scarlet Letter, right? That book. Well, they had to wear, you know, something in England right. signifying that they were a Jew because right. they had to be separated from the Christian population because the Christians couldn't stand them. The pagans never had any problem with them. Right. The pagans you know. never had a problem with them. And 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 the Normans the Normans had actually brought the Jews to to England and and used the Jews to divide up and tax the land. And and they used the Jews because the Jews were a force that had no moral compunction. It, it wasn't that the Jews were good accountants. That's just bullshit. It wasn't that the Jews could...
pencil screw people. That's just a lie. They did it because the Jews had no moral compunction in collecting taxes from Christians. People with no morals would be better wolves on behalf of the kings and the noblemen. And and that's what the Normans did to England in, in a nutshell. They brought the Jews in so that they could oppress and tax the English people or the British people overall. That the um Charlemagne let the Jews into um the Holy Roman Empire, into the Christian Empire of France. He is responsible for admitting the Jews so that he could use the Jews for the same purpose, so that he could get taxes from Jewish commerce and, and collect taxes and, and on Jewish usury and, and other things that the Jews did so that he could gain his personal profit from that. And, right. and all, all of the nobles of Europe started after that same pattern. The Jews would loan them money, the noble would get weak and, and, and need money from the Jews, so the Jew would loan them the money, and the next thing you know, the Jews collecting tolls on the roads and, as a license from the king so that he could get his money back. Right, you know, but a lot of white nationalists, Bill, will bring up the fact that uh, they, they say Christianity brought down the Roman Empire. I hear this constantly. I hear it constantly. Christianity brought down the Roman Empire. No, true Christianity did not bring down the Roman Empire. And I believe that there were true Christians in the Rome in Rome at that time uh, who followed something similar, if not to the T, of the Christian identity doctrine that we talk about. Um, what happened was what I believe happened in Rome, and why these people, why these white nationals are confused by what happened in Rome is that the Jews infiltrated the true sect of Christianity in Rome and the priests did and then they formed uh, and again guys you might say oh this guy's all over the place with what he's saying but because this just comes off the top of my head from what I can remember that's why I, I stutter a lot in things like this I'm not as fluent as Bill in my history knowledge <laughs> uh, so I believe happened in Rome when white nationalists say that Christianity took down the Roman Empire is True Christianity sect was infiltrated by the Jews in Rome, and they turned it into a sort of pagan in the Roman Catholic Church, and that's what brought down Rome because of all the race mixing that then took place uh, in Rome. I don't believe that Christianity brought down Rome, true Christianity, and that's where they're mistaken also, Bill. Well, well, true Christianity was persecuted by the pagan Romans at the instigation of the Jews. And, and Tertullian wrote about this, and Minucius Felix had written about it in the 3rd century. All of the persecutions of Christians were at the instigation of the Jews for 300 years. And, and the Christianity of the apostles over that 300 years had ceased to be preached. The Christianity of Paul is not what these Judeo-Christians think it is. The Christianity of Paul is a purely historical, ethnic, tribal Christianity which belongs exclusively to white Europeans. And Paul 
it is probably the, the most mistranslated books of, of the Bible. Now, I could prove that because I can read Greek and, and, and state my case. The, um, the Christianity of the apostles during the 300 years had, had ceased to be preached and was slowly replaced by a universalist type of Christianity. Right, right. And when the pagan Romans could never, could, could, could not any longer bear to resist that this universalist type of Christianity, the, the Roman, well, certain Roman rulers had eventually realized the value of this new universalist religion and converted Rome to it. They never converted Rome to it all at once. At first it was only tolerated. And during the period of toleration, the pagan priests had taken down the signs. And I'm using this as an analogy, right? This isn't literally true. But they basically took down the signs off their temples that were to pagan gods, and they put up signs that said the names of Christian saints on them. They kept their paganism while they started calling it Christian and couching it in Christian terms. The Catholic Church was never a Christian church. It was always a pagan church with pagan rituals that started using Christian labels. Well, isn't that why when Christmas time, when you walk into any Christian church, they got a Christmas tree in it? Well, well, (laughs) right. It's all, the, the whole Catholic Church, all of its liturgy and all of these things come straight from pagan temples. They Christianized these things so that they looked and sounded Christian. And then they used this new religion they created as an imperialist religion in order to control people. So now they were no longer controlling people in the names of their emperors. They were controlling people in the names of, a, of, of God. But none of it the Catholic Church was never Christian. Yes, there were always good Christian men who operated within that church. And yes, it was a good defense for a long time against the Jew. But it was always simply an imperialist Roman religion. Catholicism should never be confused with real Christianity. Well, that that, that is confused with it, Bill, and that's part of the problem. They think that they believe it's all one, all one thing. Okay, they, they believe that, the white nationalists believe that Roman Catholic is the same as Chris, true Christianity, when in reality, as you just explained, it's nothing to do with, you know, it's, it's nothing to do with one or the other. That's why, when I say that, um, national socialism was Christian, people look at me like I got six heads. They right. think I'm crazy. But if you understand the Christian Bible, the actual teachings of Christ, which are nationalist, which are racial, and all of those positive teachings have to be within the concept of the nationalist racialist message. You'll understand it. National Social Germany was an absolutely Christian state with a Christian philosophical basis, and it was very successful for that reason, and for that reason the Jews had to destroy it. But National Socialist Germany was not churchy because churchy 
is not Christian. It's far from it. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's I, absolutely contrary to it. Right. And when I was out uh, visiting my um, my in-laws um, back, you know, this is a, a couple years a couple years back now, and um, it was around uh, Christmas time, and, and my in-laws are people, they're, they're great, great, beautiful people. Uh, they go to church every Sunday. Um, so it was Christmas Eve, and um, out of showing respect to my father-in-law, me and my wife went to church with them. I felt like it was the right thing to do and still believe it was the correct thing to do to show respect to my father and mother-in-law. So we went to church, and at the time, I came <coughs> to believe that and know for a fact that Christian identity was the absolute truth. So I sat there in this church during the Christmas Eve service, and when you walk in, they've got the Christmas tree up front, and they've got the tinsel hanging on the walls, and they've got the bells and the whistles all over the place, and then they've got, you look at the pulpit, and what's standing in front of me, Bill? An overweight lady with short hair, who is their pastor at the church. Wow. Uh, so that started off my night, and I sat there, and as she's going through, you know, the passages in, in her book, and she's sitting there, and she's reading, and they take out little tiny passages, but they don't fill you in on the rest of the story. Well, right. They don't <laughs> During know the, the whole time, and they sit there, and they talk about how... Uh, Jesus loves everybody, and He came for everybody. If you believe in Jesus, you go to heaven. And uh, the Negro down the road is the greatest person ever, and the queers are just people just like you. And this was during a Christmas Eve service, and um, I walked out of that church that night, and uh, me and my wife looked at each other, and uh, just we couldn't do anything but just shake our heads. Well, uh, well the churches today represent pop culture. They teach the social gospel of the New World Order. All of these pastors and priests are trained to extract lines from Scripture and, and to preach on those lines in order to make people believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ reflects the pop culture and the social gospel of the New World Order. That's all designed to be that way. It's been that way for 150 years now. It's been Spurgeon, not Spurgeon, um, I can never remember his name when I, when I want it, but Bullinger and Schofield. Bullinger and Schofield, their Bibles have been on store shelves for over 100 years now because those Bibles were created the notes and, and the center references in those Bibles were created in order to make Christians believe that the Jews are the people of God, when in reality the Bible teaches us that these Jews are the children of devils. Right. Right. And that's what separates true Christianity from the Jewish infiltrated Christianity, which taken place since the beginning of time almost. You know, minus, you know, a uh, couple thousand years or so, you know, give or take. Um, it's been infiltrated, guys. Uh, so any white nationalists who are listening to this pro program uh, and who downloaded in the future have to understand this. They have a hard time, Bill, separating that fact for some reason. And it's a fact. 
they, and I don't understand why they have a hard time separating that fact that true Christianity as it was originally, uh, I don't want to use the word invented because it wasn't invented, um, is much different than the Christianity of the past, uh, you know, hundreds of, of years or so. Uh, so th- th- that's the other disconnect that they have that they can't grasp that through their thick heads or what? I don't understand what it is. Maybe it's because they were poisoned from the time they were little when their parents dragged them to these, these churches and make them sit there every Sunday and listen to this nonsense that comes out of the, uh, priest or, uh, uh, pastor's mouth up there in the, in the Judeo-Christian churches. That, that's part of the problem that we have here is they're so poisoned by this stuff. But, well, the study requires a lot of depth, uh, a lot of deep um, research and history. I did a, um, I finished a series at Christoginia recently, well, which presented um, positive Christianity in the Third Reich. I, I, I matched it up to a lot of, a, a lot of scripture to show how the National Socialist Policy what was Christian in its foundation, and and also with a lot of Adolf Hitler's speeches and and things that he said in Mein Kampf to demonstrate the Christian foundation of National well, Socialism and of Hitler's personal religious philosophy. But I also did a series last year on Martin Luther's On the Jews and Their Lies, which demonstrated that while Luther had come to realize that the Jews what were, um, what were treacherous, lying vipers, he still accepted them to be the people of the Old Testament, but he did that because he himself was a follower of these people who, Nicholas of Lyra and Paul of Burgos, these people who were converso Jews and Talmudic rabbis, and they had become Christian in the 13th and 14th centuries, and they started writing these commentaries on the Bible, convincing Christians that the people of the Old Testament were Jews. This has been a deception that's been going on for over a thousand years. Yeah, it's very, very old, and and that's the hurdle that we need to overcome here. Um, And uh, they're very... um, Our people are very... uh, What's the word for it? They uh, They don't like to look into things that they don't like to be wrong about things I guess I'm trying to say so if you have some of the white nationals out there who, who decide to look into this it's going to be it's impossible to prove it wrong I'll actually put up money for, for anybody who wants to try and prove this wrong I'll put up money uh, to, to try and for you guys somebody out there to try and prove the Christian identity doctrine wrong I'll put up money for it um, that's how sure I am that it is the truth after you look into it. Um, and I know, Bill, you've done debates in the past with people which never really got anywhere because all they do is end up yelling and screaming on the right. telephone at you. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> that exactly show's what got to be canceled. <laughs> they, they start um, running their mouths and, and, and like... um. 
Will Williams from National Alliance, he, he just started running his mouth and making presumptions about me and what I taught that were not true. A and he was trying to be a smartass, so, so I came back with, at him in like kind and nothing got accomplished. That's the way it is. Yeah, it, it's, it's, this is the most important thing that any white person can study. Um, and like I said, it, it takes time, and, and that's the main problem with it. Everybody wants a, it done right now. They want to know about it now. can't be done, guys. It can't be done. And as most of you know have listened to this podcast, it takes time to learn this stuff. I mean, a lot of people might take it on blind faith and, and blind belief, but I'm a person who actually has to look into something before I believe it. Um, and, and, uh, and then I believe that if somebody does look into it, Actually, I know for a fact if somebody does look into it, they will come to realize that it's the absolute truth. And then once they come to the realization that it's the absolute truth that Jesus was not a Jew and that the Jews are not the people of the Old Testament, if then they don't take it into their heart, as I like to say, then we have to start, then they need to start asking themselves if they have mixed race blood in them. Right. Uh, because I believe that this is something that comes from the heart. I believe it's something that comes from your soul and your spirit. Because it's impossible to prove wrong. And when one does look into it, and you find out that it's the truth, if you do not accept it, then you better start looking into your past, because I truly believe then that you have mixed race blood in you. And that's why you do not accept it, because what does it say in the New Testament? It says, uh, Jesus only came for the uh, lost uh, sheep of the lost house of Israel. That's it. Nobody else. They're the only people who will hear his words. Nobody else can hear it. All these phonies that go to church, all these Negroes that go to church, they don't take, they don't understand what this is saying. They don't understand the words that he was speaking. They don't understand what's written in the gospel. They go there and sit there and stare at the, the black uh, preacher at the front of the thing, singing and dancing around. Well, well, right. The black churches are just savage churches. Right. They're just African savagery in the name of Christianity. They've come to believe Christianity because they're taught that they're going to get this reward, and they believe it, and they only want the reward. That They don't want the moral law. They don't want to actually treat each other in a Christian manner. Look at how they act the other 150-something hours a week when they're not oh, in church. God, you can't even go in the cities. The cities are, you can't even go into them anymore. They're so dangerous because of these people. You, you know, you, you take, take New York City, for instance. Uh, you gotta see what the, you know, those of you who aren't familiar, familiar with New York City have never been there. God, I highly suggest you go there. Just for a day. And just to see what these people have done to this city that could be an absolutely beautiful, cultural, a white, uh, have a white moral city. Look what they've done to it. Well, I saw what they did to it firsthand, so. I've seen it too. I grew up there. You know, I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, you know, so, uh, I, all I can say is that white nationals need to start looking into this stuff. And one last topic I think we should touch on, Bill, here is the topic of evolution a little bit. 
um, and, and why these white nationalists uh, will accept the doctrine of evolution. Well, well, right. We don't have to rush. We have up to two hours. So oh, okay. Okay. We we can go as long as two hours. It's only been okay. about an hour and five minutes or so. Okay, that's fine. The, the, I'm, um, not keep, I'm not keeping track of time, so I'm not sure how long we've gone. That that's the biggest problem with, with these white nationalists. Yet, you know, in order to have a um, in order to have a stable society. If we put all religions on, on a level playing field, in order to have a stable society, in order to have a society where men can, um, where white men can coexist and, and work and cooperate with each other peaceably and, and in a manner that's edifying, meaning building a, a society, we need a common belief system that provides two things. That provides a moral basis for our racism. Paganism and white nationalism, secular white nationalism, have no moral basis whatsoever for racism. And we need a set of moral guidelines and, and a structure that's going to allow us to consistently interact with one another. If I believe that it's okay for me to take your wife to bed, you're not going to want to be a partner in a business with me if you believe that it's not. You're not going to, if I believe that stealing from you is okay, you're not going to want to be a partner in a business with me. You're not going to want to do anything with me. You're not going to want me living next door to you. That's not the way to have a... Libertarianism is actually a, 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 um, a scheme concocted by Jews to convince Christians that it's okay for Jews to live next door. To tolerate the ungodly, immoral, evil bastards in your community. Where a Christian community would want to expel the immoral and the evil bastards. And, and th that's what a lot of these white nationalists don't understand. And even a lot of Judeo-Christians don't understand is that libertarianism and the concepts behind it are Jewish and were created by Jews. The, um, Pagan systems and none of the other religious systems supply those two things. And neither does this belief in evolution. In fact, if you want to believe in evolution and that God doesn't exist and that we all evolve from lower life forms, then why not sleep with niggers? Where's the moral right. barrier? You sleep with right. niggers, your grandkids will become white again in 50,000 generations. Right. Maybe right. sleeping with niggers is the way that a new, um, higher life form is going to evolve, if you want to believe that crazy idea. Right. You, you could justify anything. So what does it matter being white? Why are you a white nationalist? It doesn't matter. Yep, it doesn't matter, and you're right about that. Um, you know, that's what, without the morality factor, and without just being a good 
honest, ethical white person, you, you don't have anything. Uh, you, you might as well go out and sleep with Asian prostitutes and uh, go get drunk every Saturday and Sunday night, pass out in the middle of the street, you know, throw up on yourself. What does it matter? It makes no difference because you're just here for this world. So who cares what you do here? Who cares what you leave behind? What does it matter? If you just die and, and you're dead and they bury you in the ground and you don't believe in a, the spirit that you have, being a white man, uh, then, then what does it all matter? Who cares what you destroy? You know, it, it doesn't matter at that point, so why even bother? You know, you know we're here for a, a purpose, and the purpose that we're here for is not to go get drunk on Saturday and Sunday and watch football games and... Uh, you know, sleep with everything that walks by down the street, whether it be a, a Negro or, a, or an Oriental or, or anything. Uh, but that's what most of these people do, and they conduct themselves in that manner. Uh, that they find nothing wrong with, uh, going out to a bar on Saturday night and, uh, picking up a, a, a nice white woman. Uh, taking her home that night and throwing her out of the house the next morning and never talking to her again. Uh, this is all because morality has gone the wayside of the Jewish form of morality. And, and, and Bill, you're speaking about business a couple minutes ago. Business nowadays, um, I have had my own business and have my own business now. Um, business nowadays is no longer done on a handshake. Okay, uh, with most people, me, I still conduct business on a handshake. I don't have agreements. I don't have contracts. I don't believe in agreements and contracts. If I shake your hand and you're a white man, that's good enough for me. But the Jew has ruined that. Now, when most white people go into business, what do they do? They go out, they hire a Jew lawyer for thousands of dollars. The filthy scum writes up some contract, uh, and then the two parties sign the contract. Well, that should be good enough, right? No, it's not. Because then what happens is you run into business issues with your business partner, and then what happens? You each go out and you hire a Jew lawyer again, and then you go to the Jew court... And you bring the contract that was supposed to be uh, ironclad, and you fight about it for thousands and thousands of dollars right. and years and years in the Jew court. Right. And, the and then they make it. Then the judge makes a decision, and both parties lose. Both white men lose out, and the only person who gains is the is the Jew yep. lawyer and the Jew court system. That, that's the what. That, that's and the, this all stems from morals and ethics, right? And a lack of them. And a lack of them, right? So, so what we have is that every every to me every Jew lawyer is basically the equivalent equivalent of a Talmudic rabbi, and when you go to a Jew lawyer, you're expecting justice from a Talmudic rabbi, and all of the judges are Talmudic rabbis sitting in in, in Jew councils waiting 
to devour the next white man who walks into the room. I fell victim to that. I've been there and done that. I know what it's like. I've My been in those My family has also, Bill. My family and business has in the past fallen prey to these people. And there's a book out there called Jews Must Live, written by a guy, Roth. Samuel Roth wrote this book. He's a Jew who got aggravated back in the 1920s because his own people, the Jews, screwed him over. So he wrote a book called The Jews Must Live. Now, go out and get the book, but when you read the book, forget about the first I don't know, 100 pages or so, because it talks about how the Jews are the people of the Old Testament. Of course. Forget about that. But then the book goes into, the title is The Jew as a Lawyer, The Jew as a Physician, and The Jew as a Business Person. And read that portion of the book. And the Jew lays out exactly how these people operate in business, in law, and as a doctor's. Well, well, the Jews were the doctors in, in all of the medieval courts of Europe. So they had all the inside information from the Byzantine Empire. Even the Jews were the doctors to the emperors. This idea that a Jew, that the Jews are sorcerers, that they're, right. l- look at the pharmaceutical companies right. today. The Jews are the sorcerers of the ancient world and convince these stupid goyim all the way back then that they could heal you of your ills. They'll pump you full of chemicals until something dies, you or the disease, one or the other. And when the disease wins and you die, the Jew writes it off to to an incurable cancer. Oh, we couldn't, this one was so bad, we just couldn't do it. it. It's all sorcery. This whole medical profession today is based on that same sorcery, and people buy into this. We've been buying into it for thousands of years. The Jews were the physicians in all the medieval courts to the princes and the kings and the bishops, and they had, through their position as physicians, their trusted positions, they had all the inside information on every medieval kingdom for the whole medieval period. It's no wonder that they were ultimately able to undermine medieval European civilization. Right, and most of these things, these ailments that people have, uh, can be cured with what's called essential oils. Right, essential oils or just simply good nutrition. For you guys and and ladies out there, Um, I have acid reflux. I've had it for a long time. Uh, because I like to eat pasta, I like to eat uh, a pizza, I like to eat spicy foods, I put hot sauce on everything, and my body over time has developed this acid reflux from one thing or another. To give you a ni- great example of how uh, th- these things work, I used to take, up until about five weeks ago, I used to take one Zantac a day and eat about 10 tums a day. Wow. The big 1,000 milligram tums a day I used Killing to eat. Every, Bill, every day, one Zantac and 10 tums a day. For the past four weeks, I've been taking a blend in a capsule that I make myself of essential oils. I take, I've been taking three of them a day, and guess what? I have not taken a Zantac in four weeks, and yesterday was the first day 
I took no Tums at all and no Zantac at all combined. Before that, I, I lowered my I lowered my intake of Tums. It went from ten a day to eight a day to five a day to three a day to two a day. Yesterday was the first day I had no acid reflux at all and didn't take a Tums or a Zantac in years, Bill. In years. Well, well we can heal ourselves. There's no doubt. We can heal ourselves. Well, we can with heal everything ourselves. that's available in nature. Right, cutting out the processed foods, especially the processed bread and, and things like that, and, and the fast food and all the garbage that the Jews feed us, and, and eating right and with um, natural nutrients and supplements, there's no doubt we could heal ourselves uh, of most of our diseases. And, and, and if we live a godly life and, and um, attempt that walk with our creator but we we won't suffer those diseases and and you know, part of that is oh, keeping the the simple food laws and things like that right but you know you might get people say that well i don't go to a jewish doctor i go to a white doctor who, who learned everything he could from a jewish sorcerer right they learned everything they could from yeah. a jewish the, sorcerer the jewish, the so jewish technically they're practicing Jewish medicine, sorcery, whatever you want to call it. Because what's the first thing they do? You go into one of the, even if your doctor's white, I guarantee you, I'll, I'll put money on this too, that's how sure I am. You go into a white doctor and you say you've got pain in your arm. You think you tore some ligaments in your wrist. What is the first thing this guy does? He sends you for an x-ray. X-ray only sees bone. He knows it's not your bone that's the problem. Because he sucks more money out of you. As soon as you walk in, he sucks like two hundred dollars out of you for the X-ray. Well, and then what happens, Bill? He looks at the X-ray in the office. They hold it up to the light, and he goes, "Well, nothing, nothing, nothing seems to be wrong here. Let me send you to the specialist right. down the road." <laughs> and then the specialist runs all these tests. He gives you the MRI. He gives you this thing and that thing and the other thing. You know, it's a whole big racket. So whether you go to a Jewish doctor or a white doctor, chances are they're taught the same thing. They practice the same medicine because they're not allowed to cure anything. You start curing things that rip your medical license out from underneath you. Right. Uh, so that won't happen. They've uh, done that. So, There's a lot of examples in recent history of that. You know, yeah, a ton of them. Uh, people have written books on these things. Um, it's happened to them. I, I was talking to my sister-in-law yesterday. Um, I didn't know this, but she was telling me that one of her uh, her friends is a doctor, and um, she's one of these do-gooders who went overseas and, and tried to help the less fortunate Bill, okay? <laughs> and uh, the medical association in the States took her license from her. Because she was using herbs and oils and things well, like well, this. Well, right. That they've outlawed marijuana, and, and then they will prescribe you morphine, right. which is a derivative of opium. So, right. so, what's the difference between marijuana and morphine? I'll tell you what the difference is. Whether the Jew can make a dollar on it, whether right. or not they can tax it, those are the differences. That they've um, outlawed natural substances like laetrile. Laetrile is a vitamin. It's a vitamin B complex vitamin. It is 17. That they've outlawed it. And, and they've outlawed things in nature that are natural. That whether they have efficacy or not, 
mm-hmm. shouldn't matter. What matters is, is that these are natural things that grow out of the ground, which should be freely available everywhere. Right. Well, mushrooms so. are, Bill. You can eat them in any restaurant you want to, right? right. <laughs> the fungus that's killing you from the inside out. Well, well there's, um, there's a lot of problems with, with how our legal system, and, and it's been manipulated by the pharmaceutical industry, People don't realize that all of these medical doctors get their continuing education, almost every bit of it, from the same pharmaceutical industry. Right. So, so. Right. It comes from their marketing department. You know, that's where it comes from. The farm marketing departments. You know, they um, they hold. Um, uh, what, what happens is the the pharmaceutical reps. You know, and all the doctors get their information from the marketing department of these firms. Uh, they, they have the pharmaceutical reps go out and they take doctors and they get about 30, 40 doctors together and they go to a restaurant, a high-end fine dining restaurant, and the pharmaceutical company brings wine with them and they pay for the, the, the uh, $60 dinner that the doctor has, gives them all the wine he wants, and they have a presentation on the screen. And the people who conduct the presentation are the marketing department and the salespeople from these big uh, pharmaceutical firms. And they get the doctor then to prescribe their drugs, and, and that's how the cycle works. And then the doctor gets a kickback from the pharmaceutical company, uh, whether it be a dinner or, or money or, or right. whatever. And the Jewish-controlled churches don't say anything nope. bad about the system. No, nope, they or, don't say a word. Don't, don't attempt to tell the truth about it. So, so it's it, it's um, people should understand that the churches and and, and you could look at society and, and how that the um, the government and and the churches and the corporations all sing the same songs. They've all sang the same songs for over a hundred years now. People should understand that these churches represent pop culture. They don't represent Christianity. That real Christianity was what was um, recorded 2,000 years ago has nothing to do with these pop culture churches of today. Right. Right. They have them all over the place, too. There's one out here uh, where they have a rock band up on the stage, right? And they play, uh, you know, rock and roll music, and they dance around. Every once in a while, right. someone yells out the name Jesus. They're popular. And they all throw their name hands in the. It's the craziest thing ever. They all throw They're their hands in the air. Pop and, churches um, pump their. I've seen. I, I've I've um <laughs> gone to a couple of those churches lately because I want to write an article. It's half wrote, right? It's called Pop Churches, and and to watch a sixty-year-old woman. Uh, on her on her feet, pumping her fists in the air like she's a twenty-year-old at a rock concert is just incredible. But I've seen it; it it's incredible. And yeah. and, and basically doing karaoke because the words <laughs> to this stupid song are on a monitor. That's not Christian. That's not Christianity. That that's nineteen sixties hippie hedonism. Right. That the only difference is they have clothes on. Right. Right. It's like Woodstock every Sunday. Yeah, every every Sunday, you know, and um, that's what it's become, and it's all because the Jew the Jew infiltrated, uh, you know, Edomites infiltrated Judea back in what 127 BC or something like that. It started then, right, Bill? 
Right. That's that. That's when the corruption of of Christianity began. That's when um the the Jews, the people we know as Jews, that that's when they began to get their clutches on the right. kingdom of ancient Judah, and 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 that is part of the ongoing battle of our race and and it's a historical battle that's been going on for 7000 years at least mm-hmm. so so this is um that this is it is um just part of the pattern the same pattern of deception that's going on today and and today that the only we have some technology that they didn't have back then but it's the same thing all over again in, in, in 3,000 years ago, it was systematized as a, as a, um, the, the religion of Baal and, and the Baal temples of ancient Palestine and Mesopotamia. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, um, well, well, there's a lot to talk about in, in, with, with white nationalists, but ancient Mesopotamia was the cradle of our race and it's very clear and, and can be demonstrated in history that the, the civilization of the Greeks and the Romans came from ancient Mesopotamia through Palestine and Syria. And, and that the Germanic peoples came from Asia around the Black and Caspian Seas and into what we know as Germany today. And, mm-hmm. and, and that the, the, the Western European peoples came from the Phoenicians and, and Phokians and other tribes that migrated there through the Mediterranean. The origin of our race is in the East and the consciousness of our race has been creeping West for several thousand years. It, it's, it, it was originally in Mesopotamia, then it went to the Levant, where the ancient kingdoms of Israel and Judah were actually a manifestation of that, and then it moved on to Greece, and then to Rome, and, and then northward through Germany and Spain, into Britain, and on to America. The, the, the central consciousness of our culture has crept west for 3,000 years. Mm-hmm. And and these white nationalists that want to believe that the Germanic people, who were the greatest engineers in in world history, sat in 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 the frozen forests of northern Germany for tens of thousands of years and never built a damn thing, never left anything lasting behind to record their presence there, are totally out of their minds. You know what kind of infrastructure it takes to support a large population in the frozen north of Germany? <laughs> it gets cold there in the wintertime. How, how did they survive for thousands of years, if that's where we came from, right. without leaving behind any visible infrastructure? The cities that we have there now and, and their development are, are in recorded history and there was no infrastructure there that could support those tribes for any durable length of time yeah and that's what they tell you when they ask them you know that, that it doesn't make any sense to 
it doesn't, if they just sat there and thought about what they were saying for a second, they might come to the realization that it doesn't make any sense. But logically, it doesn't make any sense. You know, they, 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 they say the white nationalists, secular white nationalists will say, white people were in India. White people were in Egypt. White people were in Syria. White people were here. White people were there. But no way in hell could white people ever be smack dab in the middle of that. Right. I, I never got that. I, I never really understood that. I, I've been, it doesn't uh, make any sense. I, I've been attacked on that notion that we, we have a desert religion by the same people who would insist that ancient Egypt and, and, and that the ancient Assyrians and, and the ancient Sumerians and, and, um, and people of India were, were white. So, so how could, if, if they were all from deserts, the truth is that Mesopotamia and the Levant were not a desert then. Even if they're a desert now, Egypt had supported um, a pastoral population of herds and flocks 2,000 years ago that it could by no means support today. The, the, um, the Romans were using Egypt as a source of grain 2,000 years ago. And it's, it's not a source of anything today. So, so how do these people that, that they try to assess the ancient world by the way things are today without any understanding of history? Yet, you know, the, the, the Romans called Arabia, Arabia Felix. And Felix, and, and you could look on old maps, reproductions of old Rome, or look at Strabo's geography and see the term Felix Arabia or Arabia Felix. Strabo wrote in Greek, so he called it Blessed Arabia. The word Felix in Latin means happy. Happy Arabia. You look at Arabia today, and it's a hellhole. It's anything but happy or blessed. But in ancient times, it was fertile. It, it was a tropical paradise compared to what it is today. And it supported flocks. It supported large populations. The Greeks built large cities. The, De the Decapolis was in modern Jordan, the other side of the Jordan River from Jerusalem. The Greeks called it the Decapolis, ten cities, ten very prosperous cities in, in that one little region that today is nothing but sand and oil fields. It, it's not very prosperous at all today. It, it's, it's, um, most of the Middle East that's a desert hellhole now was a tropical paradise 2,000 years ago. And, and people don't get this. And it was the center of white civilization 2,000 years ago. And people don't understand the correlation that these Germanic tribes were basically recent immigrants I'm talking from perhaps 2800 BC. I'm sorry, from 2800 years ago and, and not much earlier than that. There are, um, there, there is evidence, archaeological evidence of 
various scattered peoples who migrated into Northern Europe and who left remains behind. But those peoples, that there's no contiguous history from the time of those people. Those peoples are, may be our predecessors in Northern Europe, but they're not our ancestors. The contiguous history tells us that we, meaning today's modern Europeans, migrated from Asia, and we know when we migrated from Asia. The Greeks tell us when Italy was settled. Italy was settled from the Greeks themselves, and before the Greeks, it was the Minoans and the Phoenicians, and they all came from the east. They didn't just come down from the north into Italy. That's a Jewish lie. That's what the Jews want us to believe in, in this evolution story. And, and then they'll go back 30,000 years before that and say we all came out of Africa anyway. It's all a lie. Wait, 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 we didn't come from monkeys? Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, if we came from monkeys, we would still be coming from monkeys. Right. It would be observable somewhere in our history. If monkeys turned into people, we'd have a hell of a lot more niggers in the world, right? If, 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 if whites came from, from, from blacks, then why aren't these niggers in New England or in Canada who have been there for 400 years? Why aren't they turning white? Right. As long as they keep marrying other Negroes, they're always going to be black. This whole evolution idea, that's a Jewish religion. And that's the religion of most secular white nationalists. They are the ones worshipping the Jewish God, the Jewish religion, which is basically nihilism. The, the real Jewish religion is nihilism. And that's what they've adopted yeah they've adopted that hook line and sinker I mean even uh, there's a short video on Bill's site uh, where a guy goes out and questions college professors on evolution uh, macro evolution and um, the professors don't have an answer. All they can say is, oh, millions of years this took place over time. Millions of years this took place over time. No one can give one example of where one animal became another animal. It doesn't exist. Right. Dogs have never happen. become cats. It's a Jewish lie. Cats have never become dogs, and dogs and cats don't have some common ancestor that had the traits of dogs and cats. It's not well, true. Then they say, well, monkeys have five fingers. Well, so does a koala bear. Right. Which is one of the points they made in the full, full, uh, full film um, of that short five-minute clip. Um, you know, no, and this is what's being taught to these universities. Uh, they're not allowed to teach anything but evolution at these universities. It's they'll be sued if they do. And, and they by can't a group. I can't remember the group's name, but there's a group out there that monitors all this. And if they find out that a professor at a college is teaching anything but this narrative of evolution, they get sued, and the school gets sued. That they can't answer so many questions that there are so many um, interdependencies in, in, in 
in existence that the um that there are tens of thousands of species of insects that can't exist without certain types of plants or flowers. There are tens of thousands of species of plants and flowers that cannot sustain themselves without certain types of insects. These are interdependencies in in what we see as the creation, which preclude the possibility that these things evolved independently of one another. Our own human bodies are an example of that. There are bacteria which which is found in nature which we cannot exist without, that we depend on. We, we, otherwise, we, we, we wouldn't exist. It's that simple. That could not have evolved separately from us. The males and females of species, when you talk about species morphing from one kind of animal to another kind of animal, that would have to happen in the male and female sexes at the same time. And when those two sexes mate, they still produce something that's the same kind as them. There aren't any genetic throwbacks. This whole evolution thing is a religion, and it's a crazy religion. It's totally disconnected from reality, and it's much more of a religion than anything you want to find in an old book. Right. It's, um, you know, it can't be proven. It's a belief they have. They, they have a belief, these people, that this took place. Because they can't prove it. There's no example out there that can prove it. A bird has never become a cow. And, and Adolf Hitler quantified that religion as Nietzsche's naturalism or Jewish materialism and he lumped the two together because they should be lumped together. And I demonstrated in Positive Christianity in the Third Reich that in, in its opening segments that Nietzsche's naturalism is basically from the Jewish Talmud and that even Nietzsche himself admitted that what he had taught had been taught before him by Jews like Baruch Spinoza. So Nietzsche's naturalism, by Nietzsche's own admission, is basically Jewish in nature. And Adolf Hitler had lumped all those all those competing belief systems together, understanding that they were all rooted in Jewish materialism. Yep. Yep, it all stems from these people. <laughs> everything stems from these people. Everything evil in the world, everything immoral in the world, everything unethical in the world, all the falsehoods, all the lies stems from these Jewish creatures... Uh, that came out of, uh, Genesis 3.15. Uh, it, it all stems back to that. If, if you guys want to know what the truth is, you know, go back and read the Bible, study the Christian identity doctrine, learn who the people are in the Bible, learn who the geographical locations are in the Bible, sit down and think about it, and then draw your conclusion. There's only one conclusion that you can come to. Um, so that's why the Jews are doing this. That's why they put out these 
crazy theories. Well, I guess Darwin wasn't a Jew, but uh, the Jews took it upon themselves to promote this Darwinian evolution theory and uh, now teach it to all your children in the schools. Um, and it's detrimental to our people to believe this stuff. It's a true detriment to our people. It's destroying us as we sit here and speak. Because right now, in the elementary school or the middle school down the road, they're teaching evolution in science class right now, this instant. Well, maybe not right now because school's out, but when school starts up in September, they'll be teaching it. Um, and it's a detriment to our people, along with everything else that is taught in these schools. Uh, but yeah, evolution is a belief that they have, and as Bill said, it's 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 a religion of its own uh, that these people have adopted. It can't be proven. It can't be. Well, well I mean, to it's, me, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible for it to happen. To me, these secular white nationalists have taken it for granted that evolution is true because they were taught it as science in school. And, and for that reason, they dismissed the Bible as a Jewish myth. And in they, reality, the Bible represents historical truths which our race has always had with us. Whereas it's evolution that's the Jewish myth, and all these secular white nationalists have fallen for it. And they fall for that myth, Bill, but they don't fall for the historical myths such as the Holocaust and things like this, but they fall for that myth, and they fall for the myth that Jesus was a Jew and that the people of the Old Testament are Jews. Well, well right. And they like to truth. pick and choose what they want to believe is truth and what they don't want to believe is truth. Exactly. And, and, and in truth, you can't if pick you compare, and choose, Bill. If you compare the Hebrew Bible... To the beliefs, take out, throw out all of the language and throw out all, all of the, the labels, I mean, and, and, and look at the core philosophical beliefs of the Sumerian mythology, the Babylonian mythology, the Persian mythology, the Greco-Roman pagan mythologies, and the mythology of the Germanic Eddas. They all believed in heaven and hell in life after death, in the possibility of resurrection. And all of these things are found in the Hebrew Bible. And all of these represent a common thread amongst all of the earliest branches of our race, that they all had these certain beliefs, this transcendentalism, in common. And the Jew has always been opposed to any of that. So, so these people are doing themselves a great disservice because when they reject the Hebrew Bible, they're actually rejecting the oral histories and transcendental beliefs that our entire race has always had throughout all of its most ancient literature wherever we have gone. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, you know, I, I don't know what else to say tonight, Bill. I think we covered a lot of ground here. Um, 
all I know is that I guess I'll I'll have some I got some closing statements if that's okay. Fine. Uh, to, to make just to sort of recap here, um, I, I believe that every white nationalist out there re- really needs to sit down, get themselves a Bible, get themselves a concordance, uh, get themselves a, a Bible dictionary, get themselves some archaeological information, uh, read what's on your site, christogenia.com, or excuse me, christogenia.org. Um, they need to read it. They need to study it. They need to understand it. And they need to accept the fact that it's all true. And that this is the big... Forget about the Holocaust. Forget about 9-11... The biggest lie that's ever been told in the world, in the history of the world, is that Jesus was a Jew and that the Jews are the people of the Old Testament and that the Jews follow the Bible. Okay, That is the bottom line that people have to understand because if we don't understand this, the same cycles are going to keep on occurring year after year after year after year, decade after decade after decade after decade, where eventually what's going to happen is the white race is going to be completely obliterated to a mix-mash mongrelization of different races and then civilization will not march forward. It will actually go backward. Um, there will be no more technological advances taking place. There will be no more great buildings built. There will be no more cities built. Uh, the, the morals will all go away. The ethics will all go away. And it will just be... To put, I mean, to put it simply, the, the world will become a hellhole to live in, even though that's what it is now, but it's not nearly as bad as it's going to get. Because white nationalists have no common bond. There's no common bond. It's all divide and conquer still, because it's being infiltrated. And the main problem here is that our people believe, because the Jew tells them that Jesus was a Jew, and the Bible is not your book, the Bible is the Jew's book. And it all stems from that. And until people wake up to this fact, Bill, nothing will ever change. It will continue to get worse. That's the only thing that can save our race is this. Nothing else can save it. This is it. There's no other choice. Uh, so you better figure it out out there. And you better go back and you better do some studying. And forget about what you were taught. They seem to have no problem forgetting that they were taught that six million Jews were gassed in the Holocaust, right? Right. They got no problem forgetting about that. They got no problem that 19 Arabs didn't take down the, the, the World Trade Center towers. You know, they got no problem with, uh, you know, every, every other lie that the Jew is told, but this one. And, um, until we come to this realization, uh, our race is, uh, I hate to say it, but our race is going to be doomed here unless people wake up to the fact that true Christianity is the only way out of this because that's what our foundation of our race has been built on.
is that? And it started back with Adam. Well, Adolf Hitler said in um, Volume 1, at the very end of Chapter 2 of my comp, and that's the line you had quoted earlier this evening, and so I believe that my conduct is in accordance with the will of the Almighty Creator. In standing guard against the Jew, I am defending the handiwork of the Lord. The Christian identity viewpoint of Scripture, which we can establish, is indeed the historical viewpoint and the correct viewpoint in the light of all ancient history, agrees 100% with Adolf Hitler in that aspect. And that, to us, is the center of Christian identity. Yeah, that, that is for sure. And one last thing I'll say on it is that I believe that a lot of our people won't look into uh, Christian identity because it's not as glamorous, okay, as Thor and his hammer and Odin and, and his and this thing and the Marvel comic books and all this other stuff that's out there. Well, Samson uh, and the jawbone of an ass. But, te- but technically, Bill. It is. Okay? If you just learn to read the the Bible in the correct way and understand it the way it was intended for our people to understand it thousands of years ago. Right. Um, That's basically all I have to say on on that, Bill. Well, thank you for being here tonight, Keith. And thank you for your... um forthrightness in your candor. They're very appreciated. Very good. I appreciate the opportunity. And if anybody wants to... Um, uh, I'm developing uh, truthmilitia.com again. I started it up uh, about a month ago. It's it's a little slower moving than it was, uh, but it's going to be a project in the works now and it's going to be concentrating on uh, showing our people the honest truth of, of what's what the Bible and what um, the, the Jewish menace has, has done to our people uh, through the lies they've told. And the number one lie is, I've got, I need to repeat it again, the number one lie that you've been told in life is that Jesus was a Jew and the people of the Old Testament are Jews. And I'll leave it at that, Bill. Thank you. Praise Christ. Thank you, Bill. Good. Have a good day. You too.